Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Amen. We thank God for a great day. Hallelujah. Where His Spirit will, will work and move. I believe in the Holy Ghost. I don't know about you, but I believe in the Holy Ghost. And I know God is here to help us. Amen. Shall we pray? Holy Spirit of God, dearest helper and friend, the one who is in us, walking in us and with us, the greater one, the mighty one of Israel. Thank you for your help and for your presence once again. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody and say, I'm glad I came. Turn to somebody else and say, I'm glad you came. Turn to the one behind you and say, today is your day. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Maybe today is the first time that you are coming to church here, the first time you have been with us. You may not be so used to how we go about things, but just stay around. You'll get used to it. Hallelujah. Nobody is used to new things. Everything. When we get a new government, we are not used to them. After a while, everybody adapts. We just accept it like that. Amen. When Pastor Ntiamwa came at first, I'm sure some of you were, were not so uh, sure, but we are not used to him. Hallelujah. Just, just give it a little time. So maybe today is the first time you've come and say, uh, these people are too noisy. Uh, I don't like me walking around and dancing here. No. <laughs> just give it a little time. Hallelujah. And you get used to it. Everything is like that. When you go to a new school, maybe you were at Gradium Secondary School and you went to a, a, a Achimota School from there. After you are not used to it. Give it a little time. You get used to it. And you begin to like it. Sometimes when you come to church, I felt they are singing and clapping. Then you'll be, be watching around. After a little while, you begin to clap your hands. Then after a little while, you begin to clap your hands some more. Then after that, you begin to... You know, and after that, you begin to dance. And then you begin to gamble like Pastor T. Hallelujah. So that is how it is. So just stay around and you get used to it. I tell you, we are the church of the living God. We are not a society. We are not an association. We are the kingdom of God himself. Hallelujah. God has called us forth. Many of us are just washed in the blood. Not many of us. I believe all of us here are washed in the blood of Jesus. Without him, we are absolutely nothing. We are worthless. But by his blood, today we stand here set free. Amen. Okay. Now, God was, began to talk to us last week about uh, a warning that he's given us. And I believe the prophecy is just in line. That we are an army. Hallelujah. And we have to, some warnings, three warnings that he wants to give to his people as an army. And the first, uh, the first one, Ephesians chapter 6, turn in your Bibles. Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 
Amen. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. We appreciate you. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. We appreciate you. Ephesians chapter 6, hold your Bible in your hand. Say, this is my Bible. I am glad I have a Bible. This is my personal Bible. I read my Bible every day. I am not lying. I read my Bible every day. This is my Bible. Every Christian ought to have a Bible. And they ought to read it every day. They ought to read it every single day. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. <laughs> I am what it says I am. I am not a sinner. I am not worthless. I am a child of God. I am washed in the blood. I am worthy to stand before the throne. This is my Bible. I can do what it says I can do. I can say what it says I can say. In the name of Jesus Christ. This is my Bible. I have what it says I have. I have all things. I have the blessings of God. This morning, hold up your Bible. Say, this morning, I will be taught the word of God. I confess boldly that I am awake, I am alert, and I am going to learn. I am ready to learn. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, Ephesians chapter 6, we're reading verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Amen. Hallelujah. Now listen carefully. God is telling his, his people, Pastor, God is telling his people, put on your armor. Amen. There is a war going on. And if your armor is not on, you are going to be shot down. You are going to be hurt. You are going to be destroyed. So God is telling you, Christian sister, and we started last week, we went through the type parts of the armor, we'll just finish up now, let's, it says, put on the whole armor, the very fact that he said, put on the whole armor, means that somebody will by all means put on half of the armor, or some parts of the armor, but he's saying, put on the whole armor, are my ashes here, amen, the ashes have something to share with you, so once in a while I'll be calling ashes to come forward and just share something, amen, yeah, so ashes be ready. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against your mother and your father. Against, yes, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And by that we mean we wrestle not against your mother and your father. You are wrestling not against your mother-in-law and your father-in-law. You are wrestling not against the white man. Some of you have things against white people. Some of you don't like white people. You don't like Hafkas. Hafkas Bruni, eh, 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 he's not good. He's not a good man. Lebanese people. We wrestle not against Lebanese people. Lebanese people are not your enemy. White men are not your enemies. Black men are not your enemies. 
Events are not your enemies. Amen. Houses are not your enemies. And I tell you, you see, in fact, I was surprised when I came to find out in God there's so much tribalism. And amongst you sitting here, you know yourself, there are some tribes that you would never like to marry from. I mean, if somebody came to me, ah, as for Ashantis, I don't want to marry an Ashanti. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and you know, in your heart, you would not like to marry an Ever. Or you don't like to marry a, a house. You like to marry somebody from your town. And you have, you have a feeling that fantasies, fantasies are like this. Fantasies men, they are not aggressive. They just cook. They just like uh, food. Fantasies women, they know how to cook. The uh, British uh, uh, white, white, what do you call it? The whites of Ghana. The Ghanaian British. You said some things about the Everest. Somebody said that when Satan was cast out of hell, he fell into the Volta region. <laughs> <laughs> and he left his sandals there these are, these are what people say you see and we have impressions and ideas about this and it's not true look I want to tell you something it's not true it is not the tribe the person comes from it's not whether he's a girl he's an Ashanti or whatever he's from it is whether Christ is in him or not it's whether he's saved or he's not saved <laughs> And you have, to, you have to get that straight. You have to get it out of your mind. In fact, there are some of you, I'm telling you now, listen carefully. You may not get married because of this thing. Because of that attitude. That in your heart that, I don't want to marry so and so. A so and so who comes from such a tribe. Yeah. Some of you may never get married because of that. Because God will send you a nice Ashanti man. And you are a fanti and you say, as for Ashantis, no way. Or you are an ever, you want to marry, uh, by all means, Aibenyo. You want to marry Aibenyo. <laughs> some of you, listen carefully. Some of you may never get married because of this. God brings his blessings to you and you discriminate. Who, how did you, did you choose your tribe? Did you choose your tribe? No. You woke up and you were in the western region. You opened your eyes, it was Cape Coast Hospital. You just woke up in the northern region. It wasn't your fault. I didn't choose to have a, a, a mother who is Swiss. I didn't choose to have a, a, a father come from Jamestown. I, I woke up and I looked and I saw I'm from Jamestown. And then why, why, why should you choose? Why should you discriminate that we don't like this, we don't like this? Huh? We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Hallelujah. And you see, it's not only Ghana. You go to America, you have the the black versus the white. And amongst the blacks, we have the Africans, African blacks, the Jamaican blacks. The Africans call the Jamaicans slave children. How do you say it in, 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 in tree? They call them slave children. The Jamaicans too also have a, a name for us. We are the workers, the laborers who have come to work in, over there and so on. There's all this agreement. And some people have idea. Don't let a black man come around. If he comes, you steal everything. So, and, and black people to have ideas about why white people are lazy and so on these things are there they are, it's not only in Ghana everywhere all over the world people have grouped themselves and we think that the problem is the ever man some people say there are a lot of evers in the, in, the, in the government today you see and it's because of that attitude that idea that uh, 
this tribe is this, this tribe is that. That is why we even notice these things. Me, I never noticed. There was a time, up till a few years ago, I never noticed, honestly, never noticed that so-and-so comes from this tribe, so-and-so. But people began to say that, hey, watch out for this. These people are like this. These fanties are like this. Now, when I see a lady cooking, I ask, is she a fanty or she's not a fanty? I mean, it has, it, we have heard it and heard it and heard it. You begin to believe it. I tell you, you have some really great gun cooks, Pastor Ed, isn't it? Amen. Okay, let's go on. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Okay, verse 13. Take unto you, therefore take unto you the whole arm of God, that ye may be able to stand withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Okay, now listen. Stand therefore, having your loins. Everybody hold your loins. Hold your loins. You see, in the realm of the spirit, you have loins. Amen. I told you last week, okay, you can leave your loins, you can leave your loins. I told you last week that we had a, I had a case where we were casting out the demons, and the demons said that the belt of truth was loose. So that in the realm of the spirit, the demon could see that that area was exposed. Because the girl was probably telling lies, and through the lying, living a lie, telling lies in various ways, the devil had been able to come into her life. Hallelujah. So, it says, wherefore, take on, having your loins, get about with truth. Amen. And number two, having on the breastplate of righteousness. And we talk about righteousness. We have to be the righteous ones. We should be the ones that when we are probed, they will not find anything about us. We should be the nurses who are honest and good and nice. Amen. We should be the doctors. We should be the workers who don't steal. We should be the ones that when they come and really probe into our lives, they'll find out that, yes, we are righteous. And God is telling you, put on the righteousness. Because if you take it off, the devil is going to knock you down. And I remember sharing with you that right now in America, there's a lot of problem with Christians. People suspected that Christians were chopping money, were using money and so on. And after all these years, they have really come out with findings. And they have jailed some of the great preachers. They have put them behind prison bars. You see, and the devil has disgraced the whole... Right now, Christianity, when you mention Jesus Christ and so on in America, a lot of people just say, oh, what? A preacher who comes to stand on television and does this, this, and that, and that. What do you mean? I should come to what church? I should be nonsense. They slap you. The devil has been able to attack us. The devil has been able to affect us so badly because the breastplate of righteousness was off. People were living immoral lives. People were stealing. People were lying. People were drinking. People were getting drunk. I know one man of God. He was a, he was a booze man. He would come and minister healing to the sick and go behind stage and booze. You wouldn't believe it. And it's a sin to be drunk. I'm telling you today. Hallelujah. And we went on and I shared with you that, listen, if you want to know how to live righteous, if you don't want to fornicate, don't want to have sex before you are married, you don't want to have sex with people outside your wife and so on, outside your wife and so on, that one's a different issue, but you don't want to have sex when you are not married and so on. There is a way to do it. There's a way to go about living a holy life. There's a way to live so that you will not get drunk. I have never been drunk before. The reason I have never been drunk before is I just don't drink. I don't even drink wine. I don't, apart from coming to church on Sunday, I don't drink wine. Because I, I just thought, why, why should I start to taste these things and get to, like when I taste beer, it tastes like chloroquine to me. And why should I begin to taste? Because you ask, those of you who drink or have drunk before, you know when you first tasted a beer, it wasn't nice. Am I lying? Oh, am I lying? 
Yeah. But you have to sort of develop the taste. Why should I start? The Bible says all things are lawful. It's lawful to drink without getting drunk. But it's not helpful. It's lawful. You can drink. I mean, Paul even wrote to Timothy and said, Take a little wine for thy stomach's sake. It's lawful, but personally, I know some pastors. I have a very good pastor friend. He was offering me drink. He was trying to let me have some little drinks. I said, no, no. Me dear, I don't drink. I don't drink at all. I just don't taste it. There's, the Bible doesn't say it's, it's, it's a sin to smoke a cigarette. No. The Bible doesn't say it's a sin. The Bible says all things are lawful, but it's not helpful. I will not be brought under the power of any. Hallelujah. So be careful. If, if you really want to be righteous, live a life like that, a helpful life. Turn to somebody and say, live a helpful life. Oh, don't tell me. Turn to somebody else and say, live a helpful life. Amen. If you do a lot of things, you realize that you are getting towards sin always. You are always tending towards sin. But if you live a certain helpful lifestyle, you realize that you are far away from those things. Hallelujah. Okay, now let's go on. Today. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Amen. Look, I want you to know that this is an important part of the armor. Everybody is wearing shoes today. If you take off your shoes and you walk outside, you are going to get uh, sores on your legs. Things can happen to your feet. And I can tell you a whole lot of diseases. You can get septic sores on your legs and your, your skin. Scars. Some of you lady, ladies, your legs will not look so nice anymore. You cannot stand for Miss Ghana. <laughs> Apart from that, you can get various complications. You can get acute glomerulonephritis. <laughs> and various other diseases which I don't want to go into. There are various things which, which could arise if you are that type or if you are predisposed to that. To get that sort of illness. Now, in the realm of the spirit, there are shoes which if you take off or if they are not on, you are going to get certain problems. Are you understanding me? If you, take, if you are a Christian and you are not armed, you are not always around you, there is that aura of preaching the gospel, of witnessing, of sharing the gospel. You are going to run into certain problems by all means. You are going to run into certain problems by all means. If you are a young man, ladies are going to think that you are an unbeliever. Yes. If you are a young man, ladies are going to think, when, when, when they see you as some kind of guy around, they, so, they see you around, you are just chatting with them, yeah, how's it, and so They will begin to think, after a while, that you are a candidate. As I tell you, take off your shoes. I think we can all take off our shoes. Take off your shoes now. You don't believe it. We do that in this church. <laughs> take off your shoes, and you find out that you run into certain problems. You can't believe it. Take off your shoes and you run into certain problems. I know one Christian brother, he, you know, he, he ended up backsliding. Today, today, I, I can't speak for him. But the last time I saw him, he lifted up his photograph. He lifted up a photograph and showed me himself lying on a, on a, on a, on a girl. He showed me himself smoking. But he took out a cigarette started smoking in front of me. This Christian brother was somebody who speaks in tongues like I speak in tongues. He walked with me, talked with me, preached by my side. We went visiting, counseling, and all sorts of things together. He was high up, walking in the Lord. What happened to him? What, what happened was he, he, he went to a school. He went to a new school that he hadn't been before. He was, he was going there for the first time. And when he entered the school, you know, he was dressed up in some nice way, you know, like a guy. I mean, 
I don't believe that there is a dressing for Christians and there is a dressing for unbelievers. Are you understanding me? Christians can look nice, unbelievers can look nice. But Christians should not look lustful. That is what you have to avoid. If you are a sister, look nice. If you have to paint your face to look nice, look nice. But don't look... <sighs> like you are going fishing. Look nice. Look nice. And some of you people, you, you look nice before you get married. After you get married, oh, you forget about it. You begin to change. You begin to change. You begin to change. Hmm. I don't want to talk about that. You see, if you have to look nice to get him, you have to look nice to keep him. Are you understanding me? If you have to look nice to get him, you have to look nice to keep him. Some wives, you see that they are so different. They don't care about anything. Every time they look like Bob Marley. And you, you see them, then you know one that the husband meets a lot of other g- girls outside who look so smart. They dress up nice. Not any, they just look smart and, and they chat with them and they, they somehow see what they, what they wanted to marry. But meanwhile, you could keep yourself in that same state. I know some people, they look about 12, 15 years older than they really are because of how they are. They've stopped doing their hair. Or even if they do their hair once in a while, every day they do some style. <laughs> I don't want to go into all that. <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about? About the brother, yes. We were talking about the brother. So he went to the school and he was a young, he was dressed nicely. Okay? And I mean, you can't say that this is a Christian brother, an unbeliever, but he was. The, and the guys around saw him. So they go, hey, Charlie, yeah, welcome. Hey, Charlie, how? Where did they come up from? Said, oh, Motown. Eh? Oh, sit down. So they started talking. To him. Charlie, some jot. And him jot. And him jot, ah. Hmm. Smoking. So, so they started. And you see, because they had sort of welcomed him, said, yes, some wild copper bee has come to join us from Motown. So he couldn't say anything. And he didn't say anything. He didn't stand out immediately. You see, he took off the preparation of the gospel of peace. So he didn't stand up immediately and tell them, oh, I'm a believer. I'm born again, speaking in tongues, hallelujah shouting, amen shouting, song singing, believer. He didn't say all that. So he just sort of kept quiet. So they started. And then the next day, the same thing. And somehow, he sort of stayed in them and he didn't come out with the reality. Look, it's so sad. And sometimes I feel like weeping. The number of people that this brother has helped. And that, is, that was the beginning of the downfall. And he went downhill, 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 up till today. I tell you, everywhere you go, you have to have on the shoes of the gospel of peace. You have to have the shoes of the gospel. Let people know who you are. Let them find out first. Not let them find out later somehow after they, they have associated with you as, a, as an unbeliever. Let them find out when in your presence, when you swear, when they say, oh, this, you know, S-H-I-T. S-H-I-T. Oh, they should say, oh, sorry, Osofo is here. They should say that. They should know that you are here. You are there. You don't, you don't like such nonsense. You don't like vulgar, some cracky certain jokes. They should know that you are there. Let them know that you are there. Everywhere you go, tell them about Jesus Christ. Everywhere you go, preach about him. Everywhere you go, first of all, it's a defense for yourself. Before, even, even if they don't believe, even if they are not born again, number one, it's a defense for yourself. 
I'm just talking about protecting yourself. Put on the armor. God is telling his people, put on the armor. It's a first of all, even, even if they are not saved, we are talking about the gospel as a form of protection for you. Are you understanding me? Put on the armor. When I went to Legon first, Legon University, first year, 1982, September, October, I arrived on the campus. And I had been praying and so on. I said, God, you have to do something on this campus. And when we went for the interview, we arrived at the place and I wanted everybody to know that I was a believer. You see, because I'm a nice guy, isn't it? <laughs> I'm a nice guy. And you know, so maybe somebody, somebody may be attracted to me when I don't want the person to be attracted to me. So I want to eliminate, first of all, the unbelievers. <laughs> so I entered the place where it was up some stairs. I just entered shop. I just walked up the place speaking in tongues. Those who were at the interview can remember. Those who heard I spoke in tongues. When I went to Volta Hall, the ladies' hall, I entered the hall. I had a few people I was going to visit. I wanted to frighten away certain people. First of all, let them know it's a sign. You see, tongues is a sign. These signs shall follow us. You don't put signboards under your pillow. No, you put them where the people can see. <laughs> so I spoke in tongues. I entered the place speaking in tongues. There were times that they knew. They would say in their rooms, ah, that has come. Because they could hear, and everybody knew I was a Christian. And let me give you a testimony. Would you believe it? The whole of first year, I was, you know, I was not invited to a single party. <laughs> Nobody invited me. Nobody put a card on my door. Nobody invited me. I was out. No unbeliever approached me. But I know some Christian sisters, some people even come to this church now. They had, look, on their door, want to jam at this, jam at so, so and so room, jam at this place, jam at this. A lot of them in their, in their, in their, in their pigeonhole. Why? You see, because they are, first of all, taking off the gospel as an armor. So these things were beginning to come in. But those who got in there, letting people know that they are Christians, they, they, they eliminate a lot of problems. We are talking about the gospel as a protection. Amen. Hallelujah. And I tell you, when we stop preaching the gospel, we become defensive. You see, and if you play soccer, you know that when you play defense for, for, for some time, it's likely that they are going to score you. Isn't it? Pastor Eddie? Yeah. So be on the attack. How many of you are witnessing? Let me go. Let me go into that a bit. How many of you have been witnessing? How many of you witnessed to somebody this week? Can I see by your hand? Can I see by hand? Hallelujah. God bless you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. Out of a church of about two hundred and fifty, nineteen people have told somebody about Jesus Christ. Everybody say shame on us. Yeah. I tell you, Jesus Christ is depending on us to preach the gospel. Amen. People are dying. People are perishing day after day. People are going to hell, whether you believe it or not. And Jesus is coming any moment from now. Jesus is coming again. We have our plans. We know what we are going to do. Some of us want to get married. Some of us want to travel abroad. Some of us want to do this and to do that. But Jesus is coming again. The, the, the seconds on the clock are ticking away. There's not much time left. We have to do the work that God has left in our hands. We have to do it. We have to do it. Nobody's going to do it for us. 
We have to tell people about Jesus. We have to preach the gospel. God is not going to send an angel. God is not going to send any angel to come and do that work. We have to do it. You ask yourself, let's ask yourself, how many people have been saved? Or how many Christians do we know today who were saved that some of these large crusades that Bonky and T.L. Osborne and so on came to have? You not find so many. You not, when you look, you not really find. It is people who were witnessed to personally. Many of you were talked to personally. Of course, many were saved at crusades too. But personal evangelism, that is what God wants us to do today. Hallelujah. Some of you are waiting that, oh, when am I going to become, when I become an evangelist or when I become a pastor, then I'll also preach. I'll also give altar call. The Bible says that some people had one talent. Some had two talents. Some had five talents. The one who had one talent said that this one there, I can't do much with it. I can't do much with it. So I'm going to bury it in the ground. I'll not steal it. I'll not do something evil. I'll just bury it in the ground. I'll just keep quiet. God came along and he said, Thou wicked servant. Thou wicked servant. Because you did not do with what you had. You did not do something with what you had. God is expecting us to witness. God is expecting us. Dora, God is expecting us to witness. God is not only expecting us to sing. Hallelujah. Singers, God is expecting us to witness. Follow-up team, God is expecting you to witness. Brothers sitting at the back, ashes, whoever you are, whether you've come here for the first time, whether you're not going to come again, or whether you'll come again, God is expecting you to witness. Pastors, God is expecting us to witness. God is expecting us to tell people about Jesus Christ. God is expecting us to preach the word of God. We have to stand up. We have to stand up. We have to go out and tell people. You think that all oh, the churches are doing well. Churches are not doing well. I tell you, we have a lot of people who are not safe today. They don't go to any church. In Accra, there's more than 1 million. What's the population of Accra? 1.2 million. You, let's add up all the churches in town that we can think about. Name a church. Central. There are about how many? About 2,500. Let's make it 5,000. Action. Another 5,000. We just make all round, round figures. That's time at 10,000. Lighthouse. 200. Victory Center. 2,000. How much is that? 5,000, 5,000. 12,200. Another church. Grace Outreach. 2,000. 14,200. Calvary Baptist, 5,000. That's 17,200. Deeper Life, how many? 5,000. Osu Presby. <laughs> Give me some more Pentecostal churches. Global Church, 1,000. Let's make them 1,000. How many have we got? Oh, let's make them 1,300. Eh? Lighthouse, we've added ourselves. We are the 200 in the system. Huh? Church of Pentecost, how many? Okay, all the Church of Pentecost in town. 10,000. So, add it up. How, many, how much do we have? 17,000 plus 10,000 is how much? 27,200. Okay, there's another church here. Assemblies of God. Let's make them 10,000. Huh? 10,000. There won't be 10,000, but let's make it 10,000. So that's 
200. There are some churches, small, small churches around here, Kolebu area. Let's make them all 800. <laughs> so, so that comes to how much? 37,000. 38, we Look, we have added and inflated. 38,000. And of all these people, if we make an altar call today, some people in this church will be saved. Of all these people, many of them are not saved. But let's take 38,000. The population of Accra alone is 1.2 million. That is 1,000,000. 200,000. So 1,000,000 plus 200,000. Even if we just use the 200,000 there. Think about it. The churches in Accra are just about 38,000. Out of the 200,000, even when you consider the whole of Accra, we are doing very little. Are you understanding me? Tell to somebody, say, we are doing very little. Tell him, we must do more. We must do more. We must do more. Point your hands towards evangelist here. Say, you must do more. <laughs> Reverend Saki, the church is preaching to you today. We must do more. We have to. We have to. We have to. Oh, people are in sin. Can't you see that people are dying? Can't you see that people are in terrible conditions? The whole of Lazarus, you look at people who are just dying. Prostitutes, people have given their lives out to just to have sex. Thousand cities, two hundred cities, thousand cities. I've talked to a prostitute myself before. She she stopped me, she stopped the car. And I stopped and I said, What is it? She said, Oh, and I said, What what she told me, thousand cities for I think five hundred thousand cities for one hour and then about two thousand cities for the whole night i said my god jesus christ loves you i'm not making a third i i talked to him i look at i said my goodness and these people many of them have aids all these people i mean who is going to tell them i tell you they matter maybe you don't know them but they matter god loves them god died for all of them Jesus Christ came and died for all these people. We have to do, we have to increase as a church. We have to grow in number. More and more people have to be added and to be saved. We have to, we have to. There are people around us. They are just there. As we sit here, look, there, there are cars in a crowd driving towards behind this block here, the mortuary. When I was working at the mortuary, I saw. We see, you just, you just see an ordinary car, Benz. Squat, no, open the car, open the back. Dead man. They are bringing to the mortuary. All over Accra, people are coming. People are coming. People are coming. All the, they are bringing dead bodies there. As we sit here, yeah, we have been preaching. People have been popping off, popping off, popping off, popping off. People have been dying. We have to do something more than what we are doing, Church of God. Oh yes, we have to. We have to. We have to. God is relying on us. God is trusting us. Christian brother, Christian sister, let us awake from our sleep. Let us, Christianity is not some society of nice things and weddings and happiness. And so Christianity is being, a, being in an army. Going out and telling people about Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. God help us. Amen. Let's read on. Having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, here God is telling us the most important one of all the armor. The most important thing in the armor. But that's why it says above all. That means all are there. But above all these, 
What is it? Taking the shield of it. Let's all stand up and read it. Let's read from verse 13 down to 17. Ready, go. sword of the spirit which is the word of God praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints amen you may be seated hallelujah the next thing is the shield of faith hallelujah we are just going through the pieces that God wants us to put on the shield of faith Christian brother, Christian sister, God wants you to put on the shield of faith. Faith as a defense. Amen. You see, I want you to know that as you sit here, life is not going to be so rosy as you think. There are many troubles in life. Amen. Some of you think that the things that you've been through, nobody has been through before. Your father didn't look after you. You think that nobody else has had a father who doesn't look after you. Your father left your mother. Or your mother went for another man. Or when you came to school, your mother died. The next day, I know one, one sister, her father and her mother died on the same day. Nobody knows the kind of different troubles that we go through and we are going to go through. Some Christians will go on a, on a program, somebody will get hurt. Various things happen in life. Singers, various things happen in life. And when these things come your way, the thing to do is not to begin to sing. Hallelujah. The Bible says, above all, above all. You may be a good Christian, but if you don't have faith, if you don't have faith, the devil is going to throw his darts at you in various forms and various fashions. Are you understanding me? In various ways. Sometimes maybe marital. Maybe you get married and the person that you married, the angel that you married, she will transform herself into something that you could not believe. That is that angel, angel Angelina I married, has she changed so much? And you will not understand how can a person have so many problems in life. I tell you, through all these things, a Christian must have faith in God. If you have faith, if you have faith, you will be able to quench them. They will come okay, but you will be able to quench them. To quench it means that it came, but you put it out. It was not able to have its full effect in your life. Look, every problem that comes your way, it has a certain target to, to fulfill itself if you can use the shield of faith it will end at a point it will not work out completely as the devil intended for it to work out for instance maybe if you sin maybe the devil thought that he was he made you sin you, if you don't have faith the devil is going to throw his darts at you in various forms and various fashions are you understanding me in various ways sometimes maybe marital maybe you get married and the person that you married the angel that you married she would transform herself into something that you could not believe. That is that angel, angel Angelina I married. Has she changed so much? And you will not understand how can a person have so many problems in life. I tell you, through all these things, a Christian must have faith in God. If you have faith, if you have faith, you will be able to quench them. They will come okay, but you will be able to quench them. 
To quench it means that it came. But you put it out. It was not able to have its full effect in your life. Look, every problem that comes your way, it has a certain target to, to fulfill itself. If you can use the shield of faith, it will end at a point. It will not work out completely as the devil intended for it to work out. For instance, maybe if you sin. Maybe the devil thought that he, was, he made you sin. You fell and you sinned. And you fell on the floor. Your face was flat on the floor. In the midnight, in the darkness, you were down. And it seems as though the devil has won. But if you have faith, I tell you, that fall, that sin, can work out for your good. If you stand in the midst of it and stand up, and stand up in the midst of the sin, and maybe you went to fornicate. You, you, you get up, you look at the Christian sister lying, lying on the bed, and you also wake up, and you can't believe that it's you. Then just have faith and say that all things work together for good to them that believe it. Oh, you don't believe it, eh? I tell you. <laughs> you don't believe it, but it's true. All things work together for good. Believe it or not, or it can work together for your good. You see, God can make you somebody who will understand sin. There are some people who don't understand sin. They, do, they cannot relate to a sinner. They cannot relate to somebody who falls and keeps falling and falls again. They cannot understand. They say, ah, you, you call yourself a Christian and go away. How can you keep on doing this? How could you do that? How? They'll tell you, How? And God can make it work together. God can, and the, the, maybe the experience will humble you so much. Like I remember Catherine Kuhlman. She sinned. She, she acknowledged the fact that she sinned. For six years, God removed his spirit and his anointing from her. But she humbled herself. And, 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 and the turn that she made in her life, I mean, it worked out to a certain extent to, for good for her. And she became, she was used more than Oral Roberts, more than Oral Roberts stood in her auditorium and watched her as she ministered. And said that God is using this woman to do things that he has never used me to do. He said it with his own mouth. Hallelujah. Let thine eyes look straight before thee. Have faith. Whatever the situation, whatever the circumstance, maybe you fail your exams. You can't understand that how can this exam failing work out for my good? Stand up in the midst of it and have faith in the word of God. Stand up in the midst of it and say that all things work together for good. I believe it. God has said it. I believe it. That settles it. You see, when you begin to have faith, then the thing begins to change in some way and begins to work out for good somehow. But when you don't believe it, it will not work out. Because the word of God is there. It works for those who believe it. Look, Jesus Christ had similar crisis. One day he was in a boat. And they had, they had their plans. They were going to the other side. And as they were going, Jesus Christ fell asleep. He was tired. He had been preaching. He had a very tight schedule. He was enduring hardness as a good soldier. He didn't say he was too tight. He was still preaching. So as they were sitting in the boats, suddenly the, 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 the wind stayed, the, 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 the weather changed. You know, there was thunder. Then it began to rain, and those boats, they didn't have much protection. So it began to rain, and the disciples, the Jesus Christ was asleep. He didn't, he didn't wake up. So the, the, the disciples began to scoop the water out of the boat. Can you imagine the disciples of Jesus? Reverend Saki, Pastor Ntiamwa, Pastor Eddie, and so scooping out. They were scooping out. The troubles were coming. It was difficult. 
And they knew that even though they had plans, they were thinking of what they were going to, they were going to fry some eggs. It was in the night. They were going to the other side. They were going to fry some eggs, buy some fish and some kinky and eat. They had plans. But somehow, it began to rain. And it got to a point. The water was full. The boat was full. And the boat was going down. And they knew that it was critical. They ran to Jesus. And they said to Jesus, Jesus, wake up, master. Master, care us thou not that we perish. And Jesus woke up. He said, huh, yeah. Hmm. I'm Jesus. <laughs> then he said, Oh, then he looked at the storm and he looked at the rain. And he looked, he said, and he called the apostles and he called the disciples and said, Let us come around together. Come around, apostles. Come. He called the apostles around. Pastor, an apostle, please. He called the apostles around and he said, He said, Let us pray. In the midst of the storm and it was raining. And Jesus said, Heavenly Father, you know where you have brought us from. Oh God, our help in ages past and our hope for years to come. Lord, we do not understand all these things. Oh Lord, we had planned that we should make it to the other side. But Lord, somehow this storm has come our way. Oh God, why us? Why me? Why me? Oh God. Lord, we cannot question you. Oh God. You move in mysterious ways. Your wonders to perform. Oh God, we do not understand why my ministry should end today. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I came to save the world. Why somehow my ministry should end today? These 12 men should be drowned in the Sea of Galilee. Lord, I do not understand it. But somehow by and by, by and by, we shall understand it better by and by. Is that what he did? No! You can sit down. Jesus Christ got up and said, where is your faith? Where is your faith? What you need in those times is faith. Even though it looks stupid. In the rainstorm, faith. Instead of Jesus to get us, let's get some more, let's get some more pills, sweep, scoop out the water. I said, no, where is your faith? Instead of those stupid songs that we sing, by and by. Lord, God moves in a mysterious way. His wonders to perform. God has brought this storm away to bring us to a better land. No. He had faith in the midst of that situation which looked helpless and hopeless. He had faith. How many times I've had faith in situations which look helpless and hopeless? There are many people, even this church, there, were, there was a time when people wanted us to stop the church. It looked as though things were not going to work, but we had faith that God is going to make it work. God is going to bless us. God is going to increase us. We had faith in God, and because of that faith, we are still here. In the darkness, in the difficult times. I've been there myself. I've been in time places that I did not imagine that I would be. I have done things that I could not imagine that I would do. I have seen things that I did not think that I would ever do. I've been there. I've been there in the darkness. I've been there where the devil said you are on, your floor, on the floor. There's no way. Give up. It's all over. I've been there. But in the midst of it, I said, greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in me. I have overcome. Even on the floor, I have overcome. I believe I've overcome. It's working together for my good. I tell you, you can rise out of that impossible situation. And God can bring you to a better place. He can bring you across the sea to the land where you intended to go. I tell you, in your life, you can get to where you intended to go. If you intended to do this and that and it seems that things have happened and it has not worked out, you can get to where you intended to go. Just like Jesus and the disciples. 
if you can have faith. Look, when I say have faith, I mean confess the word of God. Elaine, I mean confess the word of God. Amen. Confess the word of God. Confess the word of God. Say the word of God. Keep on saying the word of God. Prof, speak the word of God. Whatever the situation, maintain your confession. Say, I am more than a conqueror. Even when you are a failure. When you, it looks like you failed, say, I am more than a conqueror. Say it. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. Things will change. The shield of faith will block that dart of the devil. Keep saying it. It looks like though you are never going to make it. It looks like though you alone, you are a failure. Keep saying that big confession about yourself. It will come to pass. Hallelujah. Keep saying that. Maybe it looks like you're never going to get married. Keep saying, I'm married. I have three children. My first child is Mary. My second child is John. And the third child is Joseph. Mary, Joseph, and John. Keep saying it. Keep confessing it. Keep saying it. It looks like though it's so senseless. You intended to become a doctor. Keep saying, I believe I'm a doctor. I believe I'm a doctor. Maybe your A-level, you had FFE. Say, I believe it. I believe it. Yea, in Jesus' name, I believe it. I believe I'm a doctor. I have made it. You have to have a confession that you keep making. Maybe you need something. It seems as though it's not going to work. The devil has stolen it from you. Keep confessing it. Maybe you are a sister. Somebody has stolen your husband. Or somebody stole your beloved. Keep confessing. I have a husband. My husband loves me. My husband is faithful to me. My husband is a good man. My husband loves me more than he loves the others. My husband is faithful to me. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Put on the shield of faith. So that we can quench the attacks of the devil on our lives. Shall we pray? God is telling us that we have to put on the whole armor, the whole armor, the whole armor of God. Thank you, Jesus. Begin to just pray for yourself. Maybe you realize that some part of the armor is off. We are talking about preaching the gospel as a form of defense. Maybe your workplace Maybe there are men hustling you. And the reason why they hustle you is because you don't preach the gospel. You don't immediately tell them about Jesus. So there's an open door for them to come your way. But I tell you, the, the day you begin to put on those shoes of the gospel. We are talking about the gospel as a defense. The gospel as a protection for you and for your life. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Kama satalabashiki barandolia. Oh Spirit of God, Spirit of God, Spirit of God, Spirit of God, Spirit of God. Just begin to pray for yourself. Begin to open your mouth. We are not meditating. We are praying for ourselves that somehow the armor of righteousness, the armor of truth telling, the armor of the shield of faith, that we shall have that and maintain the confession, have faith in God. In spite of whatever the circumstance, we have faith in God. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.